Hello and welcome to In the Word with Michelle Telfer. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of God's Word, the Bible. For more of Michelle's free resources, visit her website at intheword.com. And now, Michelle. Welcome. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this wonderful time of year, and I pray that I'd not get in the way of your message, but that you would speak to our hearts in new ways, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As I think I may have told you before, I love Christmas. I love the lights, the trees, the decorations, the food and the fellowship of family and friends as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Christmas really is a season of saying yes to things, isn't it? We say yes as much as we can to the lists our children provide us, to the requests for charitable giving, flooding our mailboxes, to the extra services at church, to the invitations from work colleagues and friends. But this Christmas, I wonder if we're as quick to say yes to Jesus as we are to everything else. Today, I'd like to look at two people in the very first Christmas story who said yes to God in challenging ways and how their yes really changed everything. The first person is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Not much has been written about her, but the gospel writer Luke begins his account of Christ's life by relating the miraculous encounter that Mary had with an angel in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. We're told God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Notice that we're told that God was the initiator of all that happened. He sent the angel Gabriel to the little town of Nazareth, nestled in the hills overlooking the Jezreel Valley, where many, many battles in Israel's history had been fought. This small, remote village was looked down upon by ordinary folk, It was considered a backwater where no one would really want to live if they had a choice in the matter. There was a common expression of that time that asked, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because that seemed like a truly impossible idea. But a young girl by the name of Mary, lived there, and God knew who she was. In fact, the angel declares that she was not only highly favored by God, but that the Lord was with her. Scripture makes it plain that Mary was still a virgin and that she was betrothed to Joseph, a young carpenter in the town. Betrothal in those days was rather different to today when people can decide on a whim that they don't want to be engaged to each other anymore. In that culture, engagement usually lasted for a year, and it was as binding as marriage and could only be dissolved by divorce. 
What amazes me, though, is the way that Mary responds to this angelic visitor's unexpected announcement. We're told there in verse 29 that initially Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Mary's heart must have been pounding. The scriptures are full of accounts of how people who were visited by angels were so overwhelmed by fear that they fell to the ground as if dead. Mary, however, does not do that. She seemed to be troubled by his words rather than by his presence. Still, Gabriel reassured her, telling her not to be afraid. She had indeed found favor with God. And then he declared God's message to her in verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. She, while still a virgin, was to conceive and give birth to a son, and this boy would be no ordinary child. The angel announced that not only would he be great, he would be called the Son of the Most High God, which was a title for the Messiah. In the Old Testament, God had made many promises to send his anointed one into the world. The Hebrew for that title, anointed one, is the word Messiah, but in Greek it's translated as Christos, and in English, Christ. So when the New Testament speaks of Jesus Christ, it is in fact revealing him to be Jesus, the Messiah, God's anointed one whom the Lord had promised to send from the dawn of time, the one who would also be known as the Son of the Most High God. The Old Testament prophets had also declared that this promised one from God would come from the same family as King David and that he would rule an eternal kingdom. This was the child she would bring into the world. And the angel told her that she was to call him Jesus, a name that means the Lord is salvation. As Mary struggled to make sense of this amazing announcement, a question immediately came to her mind. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. The angel explained more about the miraculous nature of what was about to happen to her. She would become pregnant not by a man, but rather by the Holy Spirit. And lest she doubt the possibility of that coming to pass, 
the angel told her that her elderly relative, Elizabeth, who had been unable to bear children and who was now long past the age of childbearing, had also just conceived and would soon give birth to a son herself. And I love Gabriel's last words to Mary here. No word from God will ever fail. You see, with him, the impossible is possible. I wonder how we would have responded to this kind of announcement and all that it might entail. I don't think we should underestimate what this would have meant for Mary. Put yourself in her position. What might happen to her if the people in her village did not believe her story, that though she was still a virgin, she was pregnant by the miraculous power of God? More than that, what would her fiancé, Joseph, think? Would he believe her testimony? Would she be stoned for adultery? That was a very real possibility. Would the shame of this unquestionable birth follow her and her child forever? What would her life look like from this point forward? Make no mistake, saying yes to God came at great risk to Mary. Yet look at her incredible response in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Remarkably, she said yes. She had long ago determined in her heart to be the Lord's servant and that she was ready to do his will. Luke tells us that immediately after the encounter with the angel, Mary went to see her relative Elizabeth and found that all she had been told concerning the elderly woman's pregnancy was true. Elizabeth was expecting a child, just as the angel had said, and that special boy would be John the Baptist, whose preaching in the wilderness would prepare people's hearts to receive the message of his cousin, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. Mary stayed with her relative for three months until Elizabeth's child arrived, and then she returned to Nazareth. Of course, by that time, Mary's pregnancy would have been showing, and this obviously required that Joseph make a choice for himself. Mary had told him about her angelic visitor, and we read his response in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. 
but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Joseph's choice was no easier than Mary's. His reputation, his plans for the future were also at stake. Would he try to save face or would he put God's will above his own? He too would have to bear the cost of saying yes to God. And he willingly took up that burden. You know, I can't imagine the weight of responsibility he bore, guarding the Son of God as he grew, protecting his family not only from physical want, but from the inevitable sly looks and gossiping tongues. His was a quiet strength that gave Jesus a safe home in which to grow and to become a man. Both Mary and Joseph show us what it means to follow God. They both listened to God's word to them. They thought deeply about what it meant, knowing that it would change their lives completely. But more than that, they said yes to his call and lived in that yes for the rest of their lives. They never drew back from following God's path wherever it led them. I can't help but think how that applies to our decisions today. We also have to be willing to say yes to the Lord despite what it might cost us personally. We have to be willing to stand on God's word to us in the Bible, even though doing so may bring ridicule and slander. If we are truly to say yes to the Lord, we have to be willing to put his commands above everything else. We need to do what is right in God's eyes, whether the world agrees with us or not. Notice one other thing. Though the angel told Mary and Joseph many things, he did not tell them everything that the future would hold. At this point, they wouldn't have known that the peaceful beauty of that first Christmas night when Jesus was born would soon give way to hurried and frightful escapes from danger, or that they would never again feel completely safe from the authorities who wanted Jesus dead. They couldn't imagine that the road that lay ahead of them would lead the child they raised and loved so deeply to the suffering and death of the cross. I can't help but think that God's grace sometimes protects us from knowing too much about the path that lies ahead of us. And though hugely different to their story, I learned this truth the hard way while visiting Costa Rica a few years ago. My friend Taya and I decided we'd go on an adventure tour, despite a relatively recent operation that I'd had on my knee. The morning was to be spent walking in the cloud forest on the slopes of a volcano. It was beautiful in the lush green forest, complete with its ice-cold waterfalls, bubbling mud pools, and openings in the earth that poured out foul-smelling steam. It was going to be a difficult hike, but we were looking forward to visiting a beautiful waterfall after lunch, where we believed we'd be able to rest and relax. 
Little did we know what awaited us. No one had told us about how difficult it was to get to the waterfall. No one mentioned that we would have to walk miles through the dense forest to reach it, or that we would have to cross several rivers and even swim up the river at one point with who knows what else lurking in the water. We had no idea we would have to clamber over rocks and even climb up wooden ladders precariously laid against cliff faces that were impossible to climb any other way. That tour in Costa Rica was the most demanding journey either of us had ever made in our lives, and believe me when I say that we were fervently praying almost every step of the way. Remarkably, though, several hours later, we finally arrived back at our vehicle, exhausted but safe. God had brought us through, and both of us agreed that we wouldn't have missed the adventure for the world, and were thrilled that we'd accomplished something we never thought we could do. But we also agreed that had we known what the road ahead was like, we would never have attempted it in the first place. Was that why God limited what the angel told Mary and Joseph? We cannot know for sure. But we do know that these two amazing people were quick to say yes to God, and our lives have been eternally blessed because they did. My question to you is, will you say yes to his will this Christmas? Will you faithfully live out your life for him? no matter where that takes you? And most of all, will you say yes to the greatest gift you could ever receive, the gift of salvation offered you through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? He was born for you. He died for you. He will come again to receive you to himself if you will just say yes and welcome him into your life. May God bless you this Christmas. Thank you for listening to In the Word with Michelle Telfer. Join us next week as we continue our study from God's Word, the Bible. Michelle's messages are also available on all major podcast platforms and on her website at intheword.com.